It's Tuesday, April 11th, and this is Good Will Talk Daily. Welcome back, everybody, to Good Will Talk Daily. It's great to be with you today. Pastor Marcos here as we continue our journey through the book of Isaiah. Before we do, I want to give a, a quick note about things that are happening in the life of the church tomorrow in Montgomery. Uh, tomorrow night, Stressed to Blessed is a new class that Pastor John is teaching in Montgomery. How do we move from the stresses of this life into the blessings of the Lord? That's what we're going to be looking at. A lot of us are dealing with stress. It is a stressful time, sometimes at home, at work, in the world. It's certainly a stressful time. We need to know how the Lord transforms a stressed outlook on life into an outlook of blessing, where we receive the blessings of the Lord. We've already received many of them. We just need to acknowledge them. And that is how we move from stress to blessed. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow night. Pastor John is leading that class. Also, American Heritage Girls and Trail Life Boys are meeting tomorrow night. Uh, the choir, weren't they beautiful this past Holy Week? I think the choir is taking a little bit of a break, but you're going to want to check at goodwillchurch.org and find out if the choir is meeting for rehearsal. There's so many things going on. Goodwillchurch.org is how you find out what's happening in the life of the church. Well, we're taking a bit of a turn today in Isaiah chapter 36. We're not looking at prophecy anymore. Um, for four chapters, Tuesday through Friday, we're actually going to be looking at some history. There's a break here, verses 36 to 39, or a break in the in the book of Isaiah, and we can get into who wrote this and where this came from, but we know this is the history of what takes place during the time of Isaiah's reign. We looked at a little bit of this in Second in, in uh, Second Chronicles. It was it First Chronicles? See, I don't even remember. It's so long ago. When we started in January, we looked at the history of the kings that Isaiah prophesied during. Well, here we get a little bit closer look at Sennacherib's attempt to destroy Jerusalem. We're going to look at that together here in chapter 36 through 39, how God responds, how Hezekiah responds, how Isaiah responds. There's a lot of things going on in these four chapters. We're not going to be able to hit it all because we're doing a chapter a day through the book of Isaiah, but I want to highlight a couple things as we go. I hope they provide some encouragement for your walk with Jesus today. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 36. In the 14th year of King Hezekiah's reign, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, attacked all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. Then the king of Assyria sent his field commander with a large army from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. When the commander stopped at the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the launderer's field, Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the secretary, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, went out to him. The field commander said to them, Tell Hezekiah, this is what the great king, the king of Assyria, says. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have counsel and might for war, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you rebel against me? Look, I know you're depending on Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff which pierces the hand of anyone who leans on it, such as Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who depend on him. But if you say to me, we're depending on the Lord our God, isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before this altar? Come now, make a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. I'll give you 2,000 horses, if you could put riders on them. How then can you repulse one officer of the least of my master's officials, even though you're depending on Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Furthermore, 
Have I come to attack and destroy this land without the Lord? The Lord himself told me to march against this country and destroy it. Then Eliakim, Shebna, and Joah said to the field commander, Commander, please speak to your servants in Aramaic since we understand it. Don't speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people in the wall. But the commander replied, Was it only to your master and you that my master sent me to say these things? and not to the people sitting on the wall, who, like you, will have to eat their own excrement and drink their own urine? Then the commander stood and called out in Hebrew, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Do not let Hezekiah deceive you. He cannot deliver you. Do not let Hezekiah persuade you to trust in the Lord when he says the Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hands of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah. This is what the king of Assyria says. Make peace with me and come out to me. Then each of you will eat fruit from your own vine and fig tree and drink water from your own cistern until I come and take you to a land like your own, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards. Do not let Hezekiah mislead you when he says the Lord will deliver us. Have the gods of any nations ever delivered their lands from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharaim? Have they rescued Samaria from my hands? Who of all the gods of these countries have been able to save their lands from me? How then can the Lord deliver Jerusalem from my hand? But the people remained silent and said nothing in reply because the king had commanded, do not answer him. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, the recorder, went to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him what the field commander had said. Sennacherib throws down the gauntlet. Come out to me, and I will give you what you need, but don't trust in your God. Don't trust in your God, he says to Hezekiah, to the people of Judah. He says, Hezekiah is telling you to trust in God, and God's going to spare you. He's not. Mm -mm. No, in fact, God's on my side. He told me to come in here and destroy you all. You're saying you're going to rely on God. Well, I destroyed everybody else's gods and all those people. You think you're any better? You see the mocking See the hatred for God and his people? There is a belief in Sennacherib that he is the true liberator. That if they would just lay down their belief in their God and follow after him, it'd be a lot better for them. Or they'll come in and they'll destroy everything. Don't trust in the God of the people of Israel. Trust in me, Sennacherib says. Don't fight against me. You can't win. You can't win. Your God is weaker than I am. Oh, there have been many throughout history who have counted out the God of Israel. There are many through history who have said, don't trust in Jesus. Jesus is too weak. He, look, he, he, he was killed by the Romans. He's too weak. You're believing in a Jesus that doesn't even hear anymore. Don't believe in him. That's the enemy speaking. The enemy would have us believe that God is too weak for the kingdoms of this world. But of course, the opposite is true. I, I love this. The, the people who are leaders of Judah go out and they say, hey, speak to us in Aramaic. Don't speak in Hebrew because the people, the people understand Hebrew, but they don't understand Aramaic. Don't scare them. Speak Aramaic to us. And Sennacherib's envoy says, I'm going to speak to them in their language. I want them to hear this. I want them to be afraid. But look at the response of the people. They said nothing. In the face of mockery, they did not mock in return. They did not hit back. 
They simply stood silent. They refused to stoop down to that level, and they refused to give in to the fear. There are many times in our life where we're told to doubt by the evil one, where we're told that God doesn't really love us, that he's not really for us, that we're on our own out here. There are times where we will be mocked and ridiculed for our faith. And I love the example of the people on the wall, the soldiers on the wall. Don't hit back. Don't mock back. Allow God to speak for himself. We're going to see God's going to speak in a mighty way in these coming uh, chapters. But I think that the thing we learn from this chapter is that there will always be people who stand against us. There will always be people who mock our Lord and mock us in return. We don't mock back. We don't hit back. No, we follow in the example of our Lord, who when mocked to his face did not respond to Herod. Herod is like the new Sennacherib there in the New Testament. Herod mocked the Lord to his face and the Lord said nothing. He was silent. We too are silent, knowing that resurrection will vindicate us, that God fights our battles on our behalf, and that he is victorious. Let's pray. God, help us to mind our tongues, to not hit back, to not yell back, to not mock back. Would we not stoop to the level of those who hate you and hate us, but rather would we, at times in silence, love our enemies as you have called us to love them and trust that you will vindicate your people. You will bring us through for you are victorious. Help us to trust in your victorious work, in the work of Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me today. I'll see you again tomorrow right back here at Goodwill Talk Daily. <laughs>